Support for KZSU comes from Modeler.com, a platform connecting architects and other specifiers with building product manufacturers. Modeler.com works with architects from architecture and design firms to discover, discuss, and specify products for their building projects. We at KZSU thank Modeler.com for their generous underwriting of the production and broadcasting costs of The Modern Architect. KZSU, Stanford University's FM radio station, broadcasting across the Bay Area on 90.1 FM and across the world at kzsu.org. From the campus of Stanford University, this is the Modern Architect radio show and podcast, featuring one-on-one interviews with renowned and cutting-edge architects, influencers, and sustainability leaders. The show and podcast will inform, educate, and illuminate the transformation, joy, and inspiration architecture brings to our cities, communities, and lives. Hosted by architecture aficionado and principal of Accurate, this is Tom Dioro. Thank you, Shay. For our guest today, please welcome David Anson, principal of Stonelight Tile Incorporated, a one-of-a-kind, handcrafted, custom tile design firm from the golden era of tile manufacturing. Established in 1920 as the SNS Tile Company, Stonelight produces tiles from hundreds of original molds from that historical era and revived through the 21st century. For more information, you can visit www.stonelighttile.com. That's stonelighttile.com. Hello, David. We're happy and honored to have you on The Modern Architect today. Well, thank you for having me. Tom, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here. David, what 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 were some of your uh, early inspirations or experiences with Stonelight Tile? You know, it's 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 such it's got such a storied history. If you don't mind, love to hear like you know even when it started and you know how it started, and then you know, obviously segueing into your involvement with Stonelight. Well, it has a wonderful history. It's. Uh... It actually dates back 300 years to the south of France when um, mm-hmm. the family of uh, Solon was um, uh, ceramic masters in, uh, in that time. And then they fled during the French Revolution to London. And uh, they continued on their craft. And um, Albert Solon, eventually uh, his father worked for the Minton's factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he... Uh, the son, Albert, uh, came to the States in 1916, and he taught at uh, San Jose Middle School. Middle School? Which is San Jose State. Okay. And they, he uh, then he taught ceramics there as well, and uh, in 1920 he formed a partnership with Frank Schemmel. Now, more is known about Solon than there is of Schemmel. As, as I said, Solon's history dates back 300-plus years in the south of France. Oh, my God. With tile? With tile. 300 years, oh, my. Yes, it, it, is, uh, it is quite incredible. That's, that's one of the things that excites me 
and encourages me to keep it going. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so, carries on another 300. The um, S&S style um, had a number of name changes over the years. It became uh, Solon and Larkin tile, and then Solon retired, retired, and it became Larkin tile. And then in the 50s, there were some boys from Berkeley that were doing a uh, TV program about man's first lamp. Man's first what, lamp? Lamp, yes. And followed huh. out a piece of stone with some animal fat and a wick. Oh, that's awesome. And that is the way. Oh, the way that's great. It gets the name Stone right because... Aha! That's a bit of an oxymoron. I see the light. <laughs> that is very good. Oh, wow. So, they, so, so 300 years and... Um, and here now, do they originally uh, uh, settle in San Jose, uh, although they're from Berkeley? Um, yes. Okay. Yes, they did, but they um, there were four lads, and they um, they rented the space from uh, Larkin for some time. Uh huh. <clears throat> and then they realised there was more um, more money in making tiles and making stone lamps. It, <laughs> it wasn't quite the same market. Oh. So yeah. they ended up buying the company from him, and that is when Stonelight Tile um, got its new name and its new start. But I heavily identify with S&S Tile, the founders of the company, uh-huh. because it's, we have all the original moulds and plates. Original uh, moulds? Like from then? From then, yes. Oh, my goodness. And oh. uh, we still use the presses and the... And the cutters, and we do it exactly the same way as they were doing it back in the 1920s. So it's an authentic, it's not a reproduction, it is a reissue of the same tile that was made back in the 1920s. So how was, how um, obviously the, the technology is there to uh, replicate it maybe easier, faster, um, but you... Um, you do it authentic. It's one-of-a-kind handcrafted tile, correct? It, yeah. It is, and it has all the little variations and things from handmade products. Yeah, the so-called imperfections were actually, they. it's called, are they still called imperfections? Yes. I love that, but they, you want them that way, isn't it? You, like well, you pay, a, it's, a, it's a premium to have that. Well, it's a, it's a custom tile, the same as you go to order a custom suit it doesn't you don't buy it off the rack you have to go and have it be measured up and and you have to select your fabrics etc and that's that's a service that we provide at Stonelight yeah we have a uh, an in-house uh, designer and um, the customers spend sometimes weeks designing stuff for their homes sometimes it doesn't work the first two or three times and you have to keep uh, editing it and and uh Tweaking it until you get exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, how's the process to it? Can you describe it as much as you can on radio to describe the process from once you've selected the type of stone that you'd like and the designs you like, then then, then what's your next step with that? Well, there's we have the hand-printed um, of each tile design, and there are thousands of them. And... Um, we initially we give a copy of the design of the tile or tiles that the client wants, and we encourage them to take it home and do the colouring in themselves to what they think is what they want. Then we match it up with our glaze colours, 
and we'll do a test run for them so they can see exactly what they're getting. A lot of the times when they see it actually come out, it's not what they want envisaged at all. It's something entirely different. So we have to tweak it and uh, until eventually we get it, I think, perfect. We've just finished a, a beautiful backsplash for a, a client that had, uh, had black cabinets and it was very hard to work with. So we introduced a little bit of black into the tiles and we changed the colours around. And uh, it, it looks superb. It's one of the best jobs we've done. Really? Now, in comparison to so, uh, a tile, whether it's quartz or granite, or marble uh, or engineered stone, uh, my, my opinion is that the, 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 the handcrafted tile, just there's no comparison when you put them next to each other. It just really comes out at you and actually speaks to you it's so artistic which you're obviously you're involved with the company but are you, do you share the same sentiment yes but um, too much spoils the flavor really it's like okay. well like how can, much you know well if you some people we did a job in uh, New Jersey and they uh, ordered something close to a thousand tiles and they had it on their fireplaces and three staircases and kitchens and bathrooms and it was the same four patterns and the match, oh. matched <laughs> okay <laughs> it was a bit a bit overboard yeah. but um we believe less is more because it's uh, the tile is is a showpiece on itself and um, we um, encourage people to uh, to use it in conjunction with the colors of their kitchen their cabinets or or whether it's a bathroom yeah, what's some of the history of um, the, the the handcrafted tiles? I know you you've got here a, an actual invoice or a PO from Julia Morgan, the architect, uh, actually considered one of the greatest architects in American history, Julia Morgan, and we have that here for the Hearst Castle. Uh, describe some you know some of the projects that you know of back then that they that they did with the Hearst Castle and some of the challenges and joys that they they, they, they experienced? Well, the um, order that you're referring to is dated April the 20th, 1926, and it was uh, for an amount of $888.75, which was a huge amount of money in those days. Oh, oh. You could have bought a couple of motor cars for that, and I think a man's <laughs> average wage was $1,000. Oh. So this that particular job... There were the reason that we managed to get in, or not me, I wasn't even born then, but um, the brother of um, Solon, his name was Camille, he was Julia Morgan's assistant. So that's where the association came in, and that is uh, how come we've got these, we've still got the original order books, and uh, it's interesting the number of times that you can go back and find the order of a particular job. Yeah. Uh, any other really interesting um, clients going back? What is it? Is it 90 years? 97 years. 97 yeah. years. That has to be one of the longest-running companies of any type, at least here. Yes. Well, most of the uh, older tile companies in the California have, have long gone. So we're the last remaining one of that golden era of tile manufacturing, which took us through from the 20s to the 40s. 
Yeah, the golden ear. Touch on a little bit on what what what, what is it considered? Why is it considered the golden era of tile? as opposed to, to now? Well, it was, um, tile was pretty big back then. Um, the, um, the number of um, jobs that the that and s Tile were doing, they, they got through the Depression because they had a lot of government contracts and they did a lot of okay. schools. And there was a lot of... Um, schools, you said? Schools, okay. yeah. There's a lot of schools in San Jose. There's a lot of work in San Francisco, Mark Hopkins Hotel. There's there's a Stonelight tile, not Stonelight, the SNS tile, the original SNS tile, mm -hmm. is uh, is scattered throughout the state, and you, you can drive through different cities and you will see it on buildings, and it's uh, it's quite fascinating the history of it. But there was another one called the Ashworth Remillard Home. It was built in 1864, and Remillard was a brick company because they had they bought a acreage there of 175 acres, and on it they found clay deposits that were 30 feet deep, and they started a brick factory, and that brick factory produced all the all the bricks after the the 1906 earthquake in San Francisco. Really? So they. They were flat out. They had a huge organisation, and anyway, over the years that has been sold off, and all that remains is this this uh, mansion. And <clears throat> the owner of the mansion invited us over, and we were going to um, see about relocating there. Okay. And she took us in and showed us this beautiful fireplace, and I said, "Well, that's our tile." <laughs> from 1860, what was it? It was built, built in 1864, but the, the order was was done in the 1900s. Now, how do you know it's your tile? Oh, because it's, you, know, you recognize a Ford or you recognize a Rolls Royce. Oh, oh, that's terrific. So this one of a kind actually still has a yes. signature to it. Yes, there is. It's, uh, you know, you can see it. You, you, I, I know just looking at stuff, but it's it's and s style. And so does our designer in the office, Janet. But, oh. a, um, but that, after I said that that's our tile, she said, no way. Then she took me out and showed me a fountain in the backyard that needed some restoration. I said, that's our tile too. <laughs> and she wouldn't believe me. So when we went back to the office, we got out an old order book and here was their order. <laughs> It oh, was April the 30th. Let me see it. i got to see this. I don't know whether I've got to if, if you can't find it, that's one. But the fact that you even have an order back from uh, 18... 18... What is it? Yeah, I mean, 1819. No, it was, it was 1934, this one. But it was Dandini Remillard. Now, Mr. Dandini was an interesting yeah. character. Yeah. Go into that a little bit. He was, yeah. uh, he was an Italian count. A count? And, oh. and he, he wow. married... He married um, uh, the daughter of the Remillards, and she was 50 years of age, and he was 20 years her younger. Oh so my. he was a bit of a scandalous, a typical <laughs> Italian. But um, anyway, part of that, um, I guess, what she wanted to be, she wanted to be a countess, and he wanted to own a brickyard. So, <laughs> they worked for everybody. So he. Um, <laughs> 
I want to print. I want to. That's hilarious. So that's um, that was a relationship there, and um, they were a very wealthy family, and uh, and anyway, the houses, the mansions, in a great deal of disrepair, and we were trying to help out there. But that's just an indication of of. Uh, Looking into the order books and being able to place the order back to the original owner. Yeah, I was asking you out in out in the uh, our conference room, how many customers do you think you've serviced since? Uh, if you go all the way back, I don't think you had a number, but no. it, it, can you? Um, but finding old orders like this that go back to nineteen twenty six and nineteen thirty four. Yeah. Uh, wow, I, I, you'd be hard pressed to find any company in any industry. That has that goes back that far. Well, that we don't have the the full orders of the receipts, sure. etc. But we do have the order book. Yeah. And um, I gave a talk to uh, the San Jose Women's Club, and I had the order book with me. And uh, one gentleman who was there said, um, "He looked through the book and he said, oh, this is our house. This is our house.'" because you recognize the builder's name and the address. So it's that, that unique. Yeah, definitely. You're listening to The Modern Architect, KZSU, Stanford, 90.1 FM. Goggles Optional is a podcast where scientists from Stanford University provide their professional, yet humorous, take from the world of science. Join us as our hosts explore the significant news and discoveries of the week. Using a combination of wit, analogy, and words with less than four syllables. Goggles Optional has been featured as a new and noteworthy science podcast on iTunes and by the Stanford School of Medicine's blog. Don't worry, you don't need to be a scientist to listen. To listen, the goggles are optional. This is KZSU Stanford, now back to the Modern Architect. We're talking today with David Anson, principal of Stonelight Tile, a one-of-a-kind handcrafted custom tile design firm located here in the Bay Area. For more information, you can visit stonelighttile.com. That's stonelighttile.com. David, you, you know, touching back to the golden era of tile, was it, was it a time where those in the industry knew that it was a golden era, or did, it, was it much after they they realize you know that was a golden era i'm well, curious I, to, to find out you know what discernments a golden era well i think it was the, the style of tile and it became very popular in uh, for staircases and fountains and uh, all the decorative stuff that the architects were interested in in those days and i guess they call it the golden era because it's it has faded somewhat because of all the modern uh, style of architecture these days but there's still a, a market for it and it's a, it's a niche market but it's um, it's something that um, that I enjoy doing it's we've done stuff like uh, Monterey Bay Aquarium and Macy's department stores and shopping malls you know we're doing hundreds of thousands of square feet but there's no hundreds char- of thousands okay. no character in it there's Oh really? Doing like how's when you mean no character? How, how, well, how it's so? it's bland. It's uh, okay. the floor of a shopping mall, for example. What is it? Just six, opaque or no? It could blue be or? could be glazed. No, okay. we've done we've done some like South Coast Plaza. It looks it's a beautiful burnished leather look, but um, when your men are working there, 
eight hours a day, and all they're doing is pulling off the same tile all the time. But, <laughs> but when they get a challenge to a new design, new colours, then that that makes their job. Yeah. Um, so and, and yeah, it's a niche market, and um, uh, uh, you said something earlier that was really interesting, and that almost is it almost all buildings have an art facet or requirement within the building it, 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 it elaborate a little bit on that well pretty much on that pretty much all uh, all cities have a requirement from the developers that they include a portion i don't know what it is whether it's five percent or one percent or but there is a portion of that those development costs that are supposed to go towards the art now the art in a lot of these new buildings may be in ceramic murals, which is what we do. The largest one that's been done is, uh, is 96 feet long and 24 feet high, and that was done for the 84 Olympics down in L.A. Now, that was a pretty big mural. Um, the artist completed it in, in 10 weeks. Uh, his name was uh, Guillermo Granizzo, or... Um, so he's passed on now, but we'd have a lot of his, his old work. But we've taken over from what, what he's done, and we haven't done anything that big, but we do do murals, mainly for backsplashes on kitchens or something like that. But it's, uh, we do California poppies and a whole range of, of different things. If somebody wants a... Uh, uh, one, one lady wanted a picture of herself... No, really? Round, not herself. Okay. Round, I didn't finish rounding okay. up cattle. So. Uh, oh. <laughs> okay, herself rounding up cattle. Yes, so we did that on a big mural that went into her uh, patio. And then we did a smaller 12 by 12 <laughs> one for a personal <laughs> presentation. But everybody's got um, unique requirements. And that's the beauty of the business because it is a custom house. Yeah. What what generally what size um, projects do you work on? Is there an average number like, you know, usually per each customer that we work with or every project that we work for, we are, you know, a thousand square feet. I don't know. I'm just throwing a number out there. Is there, a, is there an average number uh, or size of a project? Have you ever quantified it like that? No. Some houses, some clients we work with. Um well, we'll do the whole home. The floors, hmm. um, and they might have five bathrooms. So we'll do the five bathrooms, elaborate kitchen, staircases, etc. Um, they don't come along too often, but when you do get them, it's, an, it's a great relationship with the client. And uh, she's sharing her ideas with your ideas, and we, yeah. you come up with a, a solution. But we don't do anything in the... Um, I mean, if somebody came, we did an airport in Saudi Arabia, but it was a half a million dollar job, and it was all for fountains. So we we did um, um, a lot of mural work. That um, that's that's what we're enjoying. At Sounds the like a lot. A lot of how about pools? Pools? Yes, pools and spas. We're doing at the the last week. We've done three very large fountains. So, you know, it takes about six to eight weeks to complete because it's pretty elaborate and the whether you, it's got a, an ornate rope arrangement around it that has to be bent to the shape of the arch, we uh, calculate all that into it. 
and then they use the decorative tiles and and the wonderful spouts that we have, the gargoyles, and uh, it's it's quite unique. And these these people are coming back; they're past customers. We've done their houses for them. Now they're developing and building a block of apartments. And this last one, this last uh, uh, fountain, was for the courtyard area. Wow! So. He- do you have a, uh, some long, the longest standing customers being in business over 97 years? Can you recall? Well, I've only had the company for 30 years, but I can. I mean, just, just the people that were before you that may still continue. Uh, that may be, well, that would be through that order book. We certainly don't have the invoices and the, the final accounts. They were yeah. long gone. I inherited the order books. Um, but. Um, no, it's, it's an interesting pastime and it's something that uh, when I first got involved with Stonelight, I wasn't terribly enthused about it. <laughs> Why and not? Even with the history? Well, I didn't know the history when I okay. first got involved. But since then I have. And it, um, it wasn't until um, we, we, have, we did have what was called a boneyard where the excess tile was placed in the yard and... <clears throat> and clients would come in and pick through the boneyard. And um, I was living at Burlingame at the time and travelling down to San Jose. And a client rang me up and said, look, can you bring bring me up a couple of bits that he wanted? He said, Dave, he said, I know you live up here. So I said, uh, yeah, sure. And he invited me into his home and he had a white kitchen. Everything was white. <laughs> Really, everything. Well, everything. You're not exaggerating. Like, no, I'm not. The, okay. The kitchen cabinets, the, the walls, everything. <laughs> okay. And he said, he said, uh, this is a tile I got out of your boneyard. And I said, no. And he said, yes, it is. He said, have a look, see if you can find the defect. And I looked around. I said, I can't see anything wrong with it. It's spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> really? And he said, well, look, there's one tile there. It's a matte one. It should have be a gloss one. So. <laughs> So that's that's when I got an appreciation for stone light tile because when you're looking at one tile all the time, you don't get the benefit of the variations and the shading effects, etc., that go into making it all look. It's like the difference between having a, a a painted wall and a piece of art on the wall. That's the simplest way to explain it. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I've, I've seen as elaborate as um, peacocks. How, how how do you even do that? And how can you describe it even on the air of how you go through the process of tiling a peacock mural? Well, um, we developed a new type, a new technique, because most murals are done on a 12 by 12 tile. And if it's, um, if you're doing a three foot by two foot mural, then you've got the grid lines on it. So we developed a pattern where, uh, or a system where that we cut the tiles to suit the pattern of the, the peacock's tail, etc., and the heads. And then we glaze those individual pieces, and they all fit together like a jigsaw puzzle. So we've eliminated the, uh, the lines that go through the grids. That, um, How do you match them up? Uh, well, it's all done. That, all that work was done on a computer. Okay. Um, and it was all designed to fit in, because the tiles, it's still cut out of a 12-inch tile, 
but to, to remove this, those straight lines, the pieces are, are designed to cut out of that. They form the peacock's feathers, they form the peacock's head, they form the peacock's wings and tail. Now we glaze, we glaze all that to the to the covers, and then it all fits together. It's uh, it's quite quite beautiful. Yeah, where was one of the more challenging projects that you've done, if you can recall? More challenging. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it sounds like every one of them could be as unique, but there's are there, are there any that were um, more difficult than than normal because of either the the request from the uh, the cl the client or um, the timeline or both. Well, um, timeline is very important because everybody's working to a, a schedule and um, they've got to get their projects finished. But um, we we tell the client when we first start working with them that you'll probably change your mind after a few few sessions with us. And that's initially when you first start working with them. Yes. You, you manage their expectation that way. Yes. Okay. Now, we have a lot of the architects send their clients directly to us because it takes up a huge amount of time working with the, the client for the design process. And they will come back, and it's, it's not unreasonable for them to come back five or ten times. In, in sure. And uh, while you're fine-tuning it and checking it out. But um, the, the challenge is getting it right and it's whether it's, like I said, that other one where they had a black kitchen. And the colours that we had to work with, the client wanted, and we just kept saying, well, we don't think that's going to work. And we're not shy about telling people if we don't think it's going to work because we want happy clients. <laughs> so after, I think we changed it three times, and the final one is absolutely spectacular. So it's that's the beauty and the reward that you get is having a happy client. Yeah, I like how you you described it as spectacular. Not like we got it, the job done, but you I said it's spectacular. Is that how a lot of the work is with you? Uh, pretty much. Uh, yeah. With Janet, the designer in the, in the office, um, we both get enjoyment out of getting it that satisfies us as well as the client. We tell the clients that it's our job too. It's our project until we hand it over to you. To you. <laughs> yeah. So we're involved <clears throat> all the way through. Yeah. Now, how do you you, you have clients all, from all over the world? Correct. Yes, we've done jobs in. Um, we did a job in London that was for an Arab sheikh's wife. She was a, um, a Californian girl, and they had this huge apartment in London, and. The instructions from the designer was, I wanted the colour of the inside of a Granny Smith apple. A what? A Granny Smith apple? Inside? The inside. Okay. That's the colour he wanted. All right. So we sent him samples and whatever. And I went over there and had a look at the project. And uh, the, the lady said to me, I don't know how you guys got that colour right. <laughs> Through a simple phone call. <laughs> so, really? It was, yeah, how do you match the colors? Is it, is, well, is it a skill set or is it a process you go through? Well, you get an inside of a Granny Smith. <laughs> sure, you look at that, but it could be off, especially if they just request it because a Granny Smith the, apple. Yeah, you know, well, that's that's get, what he wanted, and I think it's in one of these brochures. 
but uh, it um, they, all these projects have all got a little bit of interest and a twist to them. But uh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you can if you're interested, you can find them on the website StonelightTile.com. Uh, you'll see more, more, many more of the projects. Of course, we're doing the best we can on radio and podcast to vi- help you visualize the beauty and um, just how stunning this sort of ha- handcrafted, one-of-a-kind tile is that uh, you just don't see anywhere. You, you really don't. I mean, a tile is usually uh, a flat, a flat, a, 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 sim- a single, singular color with different veins and different hues and shades but here you actually have art within the tile um you know you you, you said david um you don't need a lot to make a real uh not a difference but to, to really capture the uh the essence of the beauty uh, describe a little bit about that you know well it's like a piece of art on a, on a wall a painting or something you don't have 10 paintings alongside each other <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. So by standing alone, <laughs> you can appreciate the beauty of the art that's gone into it. Um, so you can you can do too much, and it's uh, uh, as I said, too much spoils the flavour. But um, it's unique, and it can be very tastefully done, and that's that's what we strive for. Yeah. Simplicity and design. How do you see it now? If you if you were to come into the business again, um, maybe you say hey, I wouldn't, but or maybe you would. Uh, how would you do it now to introduce this this type of tile that um, is so unique and so beautiful? How introduce it into the you know the year twenty eighteen? I mean we're in twenty seventeen, but may as well be twenty eighteen. How how would you begin again to keep the tr- the torch uh, aflame? Well, this is a niche market, and we've got to reach out to those people. Because in San Jose area, there's there's a lot of those uh, historic old homes, and they do renovations, etc. A lot of them have the original S and S style in them, and it's uh, it's beautiful. But where they're doing extensions and what have you, and um, whether it's in a fountain for the backyard or or a patio, things like that, um, that's that's where our forte is, is in the design work, and the uh, uh, the water features and murals is, is something else that we were uh, concentrating on quite heavily. Yeah. This is The Modern Architect on KZSU, Stanford, 90.1 FM. Did you know that a study found an average of three pieces of trash along every foot of the Bay Area streams that lead into the Bay? The trash you drop in the street can end up in the San Francisco Bay or the ocean, where it can kill wildlife such as seals, seabirds, and turtles, and also can injure and sicken any human swimmers. Join with more than 50,000 Save the Bay supporters, advocates, and volunteers to protect our bay and make it cleaner and healthier for people and wildlife. Please visit SaveSFBay.org. That's SaveSFBay.org. We're talking today with David Anson, principal of Stonelight Tile, a one-of-a-kind handcrafted custom tile firm from the golden era of tile manufacturing. For more information, you can visit 
stonelighttile.com. That's www.stonelighttile.com. David, what uh, going back to uh, our, our last question is, if you were to begin again, is it's, it is a niche um, art form? Is it an art form? I mean, I know it's tile and it's very functional, but it's still, uh, I think it would qualify as an art form as well. Um, so you're in essence an artisan as well as a, uh, you know, you've got the uh, an application. Well, the the founders of the company, Solon and Schemmel, have given us that opportunity because we still have the old plates and moulds from which we uh, produce uh, this stuff. It's um, You're talking before about the golden California tile, the golden era, mm-hmm. which went from 1910 to 1940. There is a, well, there are a couple of books out that uh, that are called uh, the Golden Era. Uh, they're in two book forms because they're in alphabetical order. Uh-huh. And um, the second one is the one where the S&S uh, Stonelight tiles are featured. That's in the S section, of course. And uh, you can see, I think there's 30 pages there of, um, of original tiles from S&S tile. Yeah, do you have a favourite? Our favorites, say say two or three that you say, oh yes, I really love this. Yes. I yeah. What are they? Well, they're um, they're actually quite simple. One one's a Victorian design that I quite like, and uh, the other one looks a little bit Roman. Uh, oh, like Romanesque from the yeah, Roman era. Yeah. Okay. And we do have uh, a lot of uh, plates going back to the Art Deco period. And actually, I dug them up out the backyard. They've been put out there, put out there some years ago. They saw no more use for them, and they slowly the boxes disintegrated and they got buried in trash. And I just happened to find them one day. They're these beautiful um, bronze uh, Art Deco plates. Oh my make, goodness! Which you make the uh, tiles from in the presses. Oh. So we've done a lot of different things for different architects because it's. It's um, high-relief uh, material. Yeah. Now, David, is also, have you also um, been ever, has a client ever asked you, you know what, what do you think we ought to do? This is what, we're, this is what it's for. It's for our backyard, it's for our patio, it's from our kitchen, it's, it's for a hotel lobby, whatever it is. Have they ever just let, give, given you, what's the word? I don't think they have it anymore, carte blanche. So just... Do what you want because we trust your 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 judgment, your values. Yes, we we uh, quite often get that. Quite often, done. I was thinking a couple. Really, it's quite often. No, when we've done say the major worked for their house, okay, and they say, look, we want to do these decos for the for the backyard steps or something. We trust your judgment. You know what we like, so you do just colour it in. So um, we still want them to, to sign off on it. Of so. course, but they, so. they they entrust you with... Yes, so we, we, we still do a sample and show them that this is what you're going to get. Yeah, some of the, one of the designs I've seen, actually there's more, but one in particular, was the lion's head. Describe, you know, what's, what's so unique about the lion's, the, the lion's head and how, it, how it's, it's got like an... Uh, an embossed feel on the tile. It's well, coming the, out of the tile. 
that embossed lion's head is probably three inches in deep, or it sticks out there, and it's uh, and we use it for a, a fountain outlet. So there's a hole drilled in his mouth. Oh, I got you. Okay. So it's it's a very heavy piece. So that's if you can imagine if it was laying flat on the table, the top of the lion's head will be three to three and a half inches tall. Oh, so that's where the water found the spout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I noticed some of these. Some of these pieces look so familiar. In fact, there's one of a staircase. Um, what projects are in Palo Alto that you can recall? Because um, I've seen a number of pro- a lot of you know. There's the Stanford Hotel has a lot of tile. Um, the theater, I've mm-hmm. seen the theater. Yeah. And the uh, there's a few barber shops that have uh, as well. Um, uh, oh yeah. I think there's there's actually a plaque. It's on Ramona, and it's next to a restaurant. And you, I think you've used it in your brochures or your website, where it's the side, not the stair itself, but on the side. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You're, it sounds like you're getting familiar with it. Uh, yeah. Any knowledge in the history of tile and you know what places use that, them in Palo Alto? Well, that that was done um, probably. A, our biggest client is, uh, is Homer's in Palo Alto. We did the complete house for her, and now we're doing more stuff for her now. And she's been, uh, I think, 13 years since she first came. So we do. They go, they come back because they get treated well. <laughs> uh, well, you treat them well. And where else can they find this? Yeah, go into the the, the history of it. Not just the history, but the the... The uh, the uniqueness and the legacy that uh, is very rare. Well, the um, yeah, my my background is in construction industry. I was a plumber and a builder back in in Sydney, and uh, I came here in uh, thirty odd years ago and was working construction down south, and the. The Stonelight Tile was offered to me by a friend of mine who'd been sent over by Australia's third largest company to set up a glass manufacturing company. But to get their toe in the water, they have to, they had to buy building companies, truss yards, tile setting companies, and tile manufacturing companies. But once they got a toehold, they, they wanted to get back to what they were there for, and that was to make glass. They were, uh, as I said, Australia's third biggest country, ACI. And uh, so they decided to divest themselves of these smaller operations. And uh, my friend um, knew that I was unhappy with uh, the unions in Australia. And uh, Ronald Reagan had not long before um, fixed the um, air controllers strike. And I thought, well... If that's what they do there, and we've got the unions running our country in Australia, it was it was disastrous. I'd, I'd come over here on a rugby trip, and uh, our job had been closed down by the unions, and you couldn't work. You, you After a week, they would go on strike again. You couldn't get concrete, you couldn't get steel. And there's a place for unionism, but um, too much of anything is not good. So... He realised I was unhappy 
And uh, he said, well, come and have a look at this tile company. I said, I don't know anything about tile. Mm -hmm. So um, from that, he put together a group of shareholders and he said, take a 50% share, which I did. And then uh, later on, um, we had problems with a neighbouring plant that was pollution and polluted us out of business. I bought out the other shareholders thinking that I could correct it by simply going to the city and to getting them to, in, to do their job and close down an illegal operation. And there, there, we'll continue in. Where this is, The Modern Architect, KZSU 90.1 FM, Stanford. Jenny's Light is an organization dedicated to improving and saving lives by increasing the awareness of all perinatal disorders, including postpartum depression. Jenny's Light provides a variety of resources and support, from online guidelines on obtaining help to working to pass legislation that will make it easier for new mothers to obtain treatment. If you'd like to donate to Jenny's Light, please visit jennyslight.org. That's jennyslight.org. Now back to The Modern Architect on KZSU Stanford 90.1. We're talking today with David Anson, principal of Stonelight Tile, a one-of-a-kind handcrafted custom tile design firm based in uh, the Bay Area. You can find them at www.stonelighttile.com. That's stonelighttile.com. David, any other new niches that you've you've seen or you see that... Um, uh, some trends that may be occurring, even, uh, even though it, it, there's much more of a modern, sleek lines, clean lines, minimalist um, trend, where the tile can actually fit with that and actually work really well, if not enhance that uh, that that that, uh, that movement. Well, it's uh, a lot of it is to do. You know, a lot of these homes that we're doing, are, yeah, they got black cabinets and sure they do, and, yeah, and. Uh, we introduce a little bit of the black into the into the uh, background of the tile. The tiles are they're the same patterns from the 1920s, but with the colours that combine with with their modern uh, uh, kitchen or bathroom, um, it just it's an added feature for them. So it's not you know, everything old is new again, but it's new colours. They're not the old uh, um, browns and greens of the. 1920s, but we match up with what they're doing in their in their kitchen with the with the brighter colours, match the tiles on the wall, and uh, the colours of the decorative tiles. Yeah, and how about even even in the murals or the fountains with the uh, with a modern look? You can see how the the. Um... Yep, the um, the owners, um, you know, they have their preference of what colours they want to use, so. We listen to them, and if uh, and most of the time they're right in what they want to do. Um, if we feel they they're going in the wrong direction, we'll certainly say so because they spend a lot of money on their project and they're going to live with it for a long time. So we only offer suggestions, and uh, most of the time we 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 don't we've never had an unhappy client. Well, they never said that they were unhappy. <laughs> I yeah. love that. 97 years, or at least you're in the 30, they're yeah. a little over 30, and you you can honestly say, well, we've never had an unhappy client. Well, there's... You're like in the business of happiness. No, I'm not. <laughs> really? We tried. Look, if you try to treat people the way you'd like to be treated yourself, I don't think you have too many problems. 
Very, very, very true. I, I want to hear your take on this quote, David. Um, it's uh, it's from uh, Michelangelo, and it states, um, Every block of stone has a statue inside it, and it is the task of the sculptor to discover it. What What's your uh, what's your take on that? Oh, well, let me see. He had a lot of vision, didn't he? He could see what he was going to do with it, that block of stone. He could envisage not the square or rectangular piece of stone, but he could see what was inside it and how he was going to fashion it. And it's um, a little bit like that with the tile because we can, in our mind's eye, we can see what it's going to finish like. In any project, I don't care what it is, you've got to, en you've got to envisage where you're going to end up before you start. That's, uh, I'm sure any architect would uh, endorse those remarks because you've got to know what's going to finish on the top of the building before you start laying the foundation. Yeah, you know, and I love the way you use the word envisage. Instead of you usually hear in the States we say envision. Oh. Uh, but but envisage, I like that. That's really nice. It's, I'm, I'm going to use that if you don't mind. Um, <laughs> I don't have a patent on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then for sure it's envisage. Um, are, are there uh, with with architecture constantly evolving, um, and the expectation for uh, emerging architectural buildings and environments they, they evolve as well. What's what's changed in your experience over the last, say five or so years and the fantastic architecture they come up with you wonder how they they had the concept to design it in the beginning but uh, some of the envisage yeah that's what they so, have to do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not letting so, it go so um, it's it's quite remarkable the architecture that's going on these days particularly in the high-rise buildings etc and the stuff overseas and that the projects are getting bigger and bigger and it's, uh, it's mind-boggling. Yeah. So you see handcrafted stone t tile um, working with it. I do, but I want to hear your you, – you're in the, in, in the industry. I want to hear your take on it because I, I, I see them um, happily coexisting. Well, it's um, – you know, we've done some stuff uh, in uh, Saudi Arabia for royal palaces, etc. But it's that unique – um, look that they want that you know they they were doing tile thousands of years before we were yeah so and uh, it's it's fascinating to go over there and see what what is thousands of years old and how wonderful it is we had one trip to uh, in London they knew we were from uh, we were into tile and they took us behind the altar and they pulled back the uh, carpet and they said See that tile there? That's uh, 1,500 years old. So that uh, Australia and, and the U.S. don't have that grasp of history, of, okay. of centuries of work and, and tiles, etc. But um, unfortunately, a lot of stuff gets torn down. If it's 100 years old, it's old. So pull it down and build, us, build something else. Yeah. It's... it's um, you still see a continuum, though, with, with, with okay, if you're going to take an old building down, put up a new one, there's still a, an absolute use where it's it uh, not only is aesthetically pleasing, but it's functional. Yeah, well, a lot of our work is to do with uh, decorative tiles on the outside of buildings with their roundels, 
or put, put into the plaster work, uh, depends on what the project is. Shopping malls usually have a logo that they want to put up there. Uh, we've had a couple of inquiries recently for uh, uh, Indian uh, casinos where they want to do the history of the, the area and with the basket weavers. Oh, yeah, I can like see that. that. Oh. So that's, uh, that's another area that we, we uh, explore and uh, we're pressing on that market. Other is there outreach to um, who do you typically outreach to or who comes to you? Um, governments, uh, developers, um, those who have you know, multi-thousand square foot homes. If you can envisage yeah. your your ideal or most consistent um, um, customer, who who are they? Well, it's a mix, really, because uh, the custom homes are one department, and the um, we we deal mainly with with the developer or or the contractor that's doing the project. He's got a specification he's got to work with, and then he finds out that he that has, we've either been specified for it, or that we are the type of client that can do the job for him. Mm -hmm. So then they contact us and tell us what that is, and then we give them a price. And um, then later on, they, when they're getting ready to do that part of the project, um, we um, that confirms a contract. Yeah. Are there any suggestions or recommendations you have, um, David, for an aspiring um, handcraft tile artisan <laughs> uh, or business person? Any any suggestions, recommendations, or insights that you? That you have, if, if again, if you were uh, uh, to, to to take someone who's interested in doing this, you know, and, and carrying the torch, so to speak. Well, we do. We are looking for a couple of interns at the moment to uh, learn the learn the trade um, or the craft. Um, I'm 80 years of old age, and I um, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be around. But um, we want to keep it on. And we want to keep the uh, the history of the company going, and we're going to heavily concentrate on what S and S Tile started. So yeah, what uh, you've mentioned several projects, but what projects in uh, say the last couple of in the last couple of years have you worked on that uh, you're particularly really proud of? Well, I'm proud of all of them. Sure, sure. But, um, is there is there any main... one that's like wow, this really tickles you? I guess. Well, each. Each time we do another project, and we think this is the best one that we've ever done. Oh, <laughs> so it's, uh, I love how you keep building on these. This is great. So that is, um, they're mainly, they're mainly houses that their clients are doing, and uh, we get to know them quite well. Some of them become firm friends, um, but it's, it's, we have got out of the commercial side of stuff with the, with the larger material because we we enjoy what we're doing with the design work we do a tremendous amount of fireplaces and some of them are quite large and uh, fountains and pools and uh, patios etc and bars and barbecues it's it's um, there's no limit to what you can do with the tile and people want it to be uh, colorful and attractive and and uh, as a utility as well. Excellent. David, it's been great having you as our guest today. Thank you. We've been truly honored. I thank you for having me. Thank you. 
You've been listening to The Modern Architect. I'm Tom Dioro. Our guest today has been David Anson, principal of Stonelight Tile, a one-of-a-kind handcrafted custom tile design firm from the golden era of manufacturing, established in 1920 as SNS Tile Company. Stonelight produces tiles from hundreds of original molds from that historic era and revived in the 21st century. For more information, you can visit stonelighttile.com. That's stonelighttile.com. Join us again next time when we welcome another outstanding architect, engineer, influencer, or civic leader committed to positive and sustainable cities, communities, and lives. The Modern Architect is recorded at Stanford University Studios in Palo Alto, California, and is a production of KZSU Radio. The recording engineer and production manager is Akshay Jaggi. The assistant engineer is McGregor Joyner, and we're all assisted by Bryce Carter. The executive producer and host of The Modern Architect is Tom Dioro. Thank you for tuning in. The Modern Architect airs at 10 a.m. on Mondays, so listen in again next week for another edition of The Modern Architect. Support for KZSU comes from Modeler.com, a platform connecting architects and other specifiers with building product manufacturers. Modeler.com works with architects from architecture and design firms to discover, discuss, and specify products for their building projects. We at KZSU thank Modeler.com for their generous underwriting of the production and broadcasting costs of The Modern Architect.